Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I was not going to talk about the economy today uh, really that much. I wasn't really going to talk about inflation that much. I wasn't going to talk. Can you believe this? <laughs> I was not going to talk about interest rates. Yes, I was. But I was going to back off a bit. And then we had Friday, the dark day. Uh, during a dark week on the stock markets. And that really became the motivation for this segment. Earlier, we spoke with Dan McTagg and Professor Sylvain Charlebois about food security, food costs, what the federal government is doing. Oh, yeah, now we're going to get a warning made label on ground meat. Ah, yeah, there's no agenda there. Okay, so uh, we did that, and then I started to think about the economy. And when I think about the economy, I think about Eric Cam. Professor of Macroeconomics at Toronto Metropolitan University. So Friday was this dark day. And as interest rates climb through national bank decisions in many nations, including Canada, of course, and housing values slide correspondingly as inflation reaches 40-year highs and prices rise while experts express the view markets may drop another 25% and others point to a likely recession as cost of energy, gasoline, diesel, natural gas climb and Canadians tell MNP Canada close to 60% of the national population has concerns about being within $200 of not being able to pay the monthly bills. Just think about that recipe. You put that into a little pot, throw some, uh, I don't know, some veggie stir, veggie mix in there, stir it up, and uh, and there's your, there's your dinner for the night. What does our guest think about this? Our guest is, of course, Professor Eric Cam, Professor of Macroeconomics at Toronto Metropolitan University. Um, you sent me an email, Professor Cam, with a question you want to pose, and it involves the Bank of Canada and the Canadian government. Share that with us, please, and thanks for joining us. Well, um, thank you very much for having me. I mean, I, exactly what you just said as you were introing me, you're right. You just put it all in a pot, and then as my students would say, I just have to look at you and say what he said. But um, what you're talking about actually is kind of interesting because we know that the stock market tends to be an indicator. And so what you're seeing now is when you talk about all of these components and you mix them all together, you can look over here and you can be fooled by seeing very low unemployment statistics and things like that. But unemployment is only one economic indicator. And when you start to look at the other economic indicators and the price level and the inflation rate and so many other ones, very quietly, one of your beauties said it best, that there is trouble brewing. And so the only logical explanation that's going to come out of this is that we have a recession coming on the horizon. And you need not more than look at the stock market, which is very good at predicting downturns. It's not always great at predicting upturns, but it's very good 
at predicting downturns. And so I would argue before we get to the second part of your question that yes, um, the recession is coming. Consumption is going to fall because the price of borrowing is getting higher and higher. And no matter what else you believe about gross domestic product, there isn't anybody alive who doesn't know, if you look at the statistics, that nothing drives growth like consumption. And we are about to put consumption into the proverbial toilet. Now, I don't mean to be too verbose, but going back to what you said, I think it's really important to tell people what I found. I managed to go to the Bank of Canada's latest monetary policy announcement, and I married it with the most recent economic statement by the government of Canada. And if there is uncertainty today, Roy, I believe it's because of the following. I think the Bank of Canada is hell-bent on fighting inflation. But Roy, I don't believe the government of Canada is hell-bent on fighting inflation. And that's where we are today. Two major players going in the opposite direction. And that leads to what? That leads to uncertainty. And uncertainty leads to peril in things like stock markets, futures markets, financial markets. I mean, the one thing that people want to know is that the people that they've put into office are working for them and trying to make their lives a little bit better. But right now, I believe that people are starting to, if they haven't already, really wake up to realize that the government of Canada has a very interesting agenda. I think it was Linda Leatherdale who said, well, she said something nasty. I forget what it was, but she's right. I think that they're talking about three or four things that are on the, the top of their menu list. But when I look at their menu list and I sent it to you, it has almost nothing to do with inflation, prices, disposable income, affordability. And it just makes me shake my head and wonder, where is the government today? What are they trying to do? There's got to be more than what's on their plate, because what's on their plate doesn't seem to be addre addressing the welfare of Canadians, Roy. So we have to remember, we have a prime minister. I don't want to be fair to him. I don't want to take things out of context. But we do have a prime minister who, during the last election campaign, professed to not have a really great interest in monetary policy, and that's clearly obvious. But is there a time, I'd like to ask you this, Dr. Cam, because we hear this is the uh, worst inflationary trend in four decades and 40 years. So so we look at that, and we I'm trying to think to myself, so what other time in contemporary Canadian history would mirror where we are today? Is it the 80s? Is it the something in the 70s? Was it the 2009 uh, financial crisis? Is there another time that we can look at and say, yeah, it was kind of like this, but we came out of it reasonably well, uh, or we came out of it anyway. Is there another time? Something else? Some, I mean, something yeah. that's comparable? Yeah, Roy, there is, sadly. I hear a lot of analysts on TV saying this looks like the 1980s. But let me tell you, my dear friend, this is not the 1980s. This is the 1970s. Once the price increases work their way through the system and consumption starts to fall, you can rest assured that we are going to have stagflation. We are going to have decreases in output, increases in the price level. And that's really the worst macroeconomic outcome. That was what happened in the 1970s when the Trudeau government, funny name, brought in things like wage and price controls, which almost single-handedly destroyed the economy 
for the better part of the next decade. So that's why I ask people to really hold on tight and keep their eyes open. This isn't the prosperous 80s and just a downturn. This is those devastating 1970s that I know you remember of high prices, not many jobs, not many people affording mortgages, and it is coming back to haunt us, Roy. I was in my very early 20s when all that began, and I didn't really give a damn. I was, uh, I mean, I didn't understand it. I knew I worked hard, I would continue to work hard, and I had time on my side. Now I see the situation completely differently, but at the same time, I have another Trudeau in charge. You have another Trudeau, but you've got a very similar Trudeau. You have a Trudeau that is very, very interested in things like indigenous reconciliation and carbon taxes and other things that may have a place in society. I am not denying those things aren't important, but they're not important right now. When you compare to that, we know that there's far too many Canadians, one paycheck away from living on the street. That cannot be that cannot be less important than any other agenda right now, Roy. And it's time for the government to wake up. Let me ask you this, given where we are, given what we know and what we suspect and what you know better than the rest of us. Um, so interest rates go up and housing comes down. This is what's starting to happen in this country. So what's going to happen to Canada's housing market as interest rates climb? Will the value of homes drop regardless of where you are in Canada? How much is there any way to know this? Um, there's no way to know with certainty, but you're absolutely right. In general terms, um, as interest rates creep higher and higher and the cost of borrowing creeps higher and higher, uh, housing prices are going to fall. But even now, you know, we are not in this together, as they say, especially geographically. In Toronto, the frenzy seems to be finished. Montreal and Vancouver have a bit of a softer landing, but they didn't have as far to fall. And Calgary seems to be maintaining itself. So what tends to happen in these situations, Roy, is that big urban centers tend to sort of have the largest increase when things go up and then the largest fall when things go down. But this is very, very cyclical. Don't get me wrong. I, I know that housing prices are falling and some people may be celebrating that, but that's another story. But the point is, is that this tends to be very cyclical. The housing market will go up and it will go down. But you can rest assured, and I've said this before, and some of the analysts have agreed with me in the media, that is as long as 80% of immigrants in Canada come to 416905 and 90% come to Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, don't worry about the housing market. This is absolutely just a correction. There is no, there is no bottoming out and there's going to be no flattening of a curve. This is just a correction. That's all it is, and that's all it can be in a country that is so immigration-driven. Is there, given the parameters and what we know and you, what you and I have discussed in the last 20 minutes, uh, markets aside, is there anything individual Canadians can do, or are we essentially along for the ride? Uh, that's a good question, uh, and there's two answers to it, as economists will always give you. Um, number one is we are along for the ride. There's nothing that one person or one group of people can do. But people can also be smart and people can really sit down now as they should every now and then and take a look at their household finances and see which expenditures are absolutely necessary and which expenditures are absolutely not necessary. This is not a time for any family to worry about the macro economy, Roy. That's for professionals. 
People should be worrying about their families and their disposable income. And it's time financially to be a bit of a hoarder if you are one of the people that is nervous about putting food on the table. I know you don't like talking about stock markets, and I resist asking you 99% of the time. But here we are at the 1%. So I want a little bit of an assessment from you. Stock markets are suffering. Investors are as well. You talked about stock markets being a good indicator of what lies ahead. Um, what would you say to people? I don't know if I should be asking you this, but I will. What would you say to people about investing in the market right now? I would say to be weary, but I would also say that there are very natural hedges against inflation when you look at the stock market. I mean, it tends to be things like Canadian equities and Canadian bonds and bank funds tend to be relatively stable in times that are relatively unstable. So again, you know, the best consumer is an educated consumer. And so do a little bit of research into what does your portfolio hold today? Does that align with your attitudes toward risk? And then do, do a little bit of research about some natural in inflation hedges. And you'll find that it's not that hard to pick mutual funds and stocks that tend to vary not very much when the whole economy is varying greatly. Just Google natural inflation hedges and the same six or seven will pop up every time and they're not hard and they're not expensive right now, believe it or not. The final question for you, we, uh, we know that Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Singh decided that they would form an alliance. I call them the co-prime ministers. Um, and they did that so that there would not be an election before 2025. Neither one of them wants to face the electorate. So what should the co-prime ministers do? What do they, because they, you know, Mr. Singh still challenges Mr. Trudeau. And I, I think that that is, that's, you know, the significance of his challenges has just been watered down by the decision they made. But what do they need to do, um, for the people of Canada right now? What are the liberals and the NDP who are governing this country together? What do they need to do? Oh, Roy, that's such a hard question because they're not going to do it. You have two people that have not a concept of how to run an economy. So Tax what should they do? They should increase disposable income. They should scrap the carbon tax. They should give everybody a relief at the gas pump. They should have tax breaks for small business. But unfortunately, yin and yang aren't going to do that. They work together. They work in concert. Neither one of them has the first concept of how to run a capitalist economy. And so what they should do, I've got three or four prescriptions, but we're wasting our oxygen, Roy, because neither one would do them separately and they're sure as hell not gonna do them together. Yeah, you know, when people don't have money in their pocket, give them back some of their money. Let the people do what they need to do with their own money. People will drive the economy, give them their money, let them do with it as they need to do. And I think magically things will start to happen. I, I'm just rephrasing what you said. Well, it's, oh, it's not magic, Roy. You're right. Consumption drives an economy. Give people back their disposable income and we will get back on the right track. Stop being an imbecile and offering people 20% off an $80,000 car. You're just, you're preaching to nobody. You're preaching to the 1%. And, you know, Trudeau can talk a good game that he's not a prime minister of the 1%, but I would argue, uh, I'd argue he's speaking to nobody but. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. 
And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.